Hey, are you a business owner, entrepreneur, or professional? If so, we want you to apply to be a featured guest on our show. My name is Adam Torres, and I host the Mission Matters series of podcasts. I've recorded over 3,000 episodes, and we are just getting started. How do you know if you'd be a good guest to be on the show? Well, only one way to find out, and that's to apply, but I'm going to let you in on a little secret. We want guests that have a story to tell, guests with a brand, a product, or a service that can benefit my audience of listeners. If this sounds like you, go to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. I'd love to talk to you and get to know more about your story. Again, head on over to missionmatters.com and click on Be Our Guest to Apply. All right, now let's get into the show. Hey, I'd like to welcome you to another episode of Mission Matters Money, your source for all things money. My name is Adam Torres. You can follow me on Instagram at Ask Adam Torres. Keep up with my book releases, book tour schedule, signings, all that other good stuff. Always love to connect with you there. And as always, if you'd like to apply to become a co-author of one of my upcoming books, just head on over to the website, missionmatters.com, and click on Become an Author to Apply. All right, so today I have Marcus Arredondo on the line, and he is founder and managing partner over at 2 by 2 Group. Marcus, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me on. All right, Marcus, so excited to get into today's topic, so multifamily real estate syndication versus other real estate investment types. Um, maybe just to get us started, I mean, maybe clarify some of the differences here in terms of syndication and how the syndication model works and maybe why you decided to go that route. Great. Thanks for, thanks for asking. So uh, on the syndication perspective, um, it's slightly different from alternative real estate public investments. So let's think of a REIT, for example. Syndications are one-offs. That is to suggest that they are individual purchases of specific assets, not a fund. It's not uh, a passive investor providing uh, money to, to spend as, uh, as an operator sees fit. It's specific to one particular investment. But um, in so far as what's different between multifamily and other asset uh, types, I do want to just highlight that multifamily is a, is a cash flowing business. You're, when you acquire these types of assets, they're already functioning. Uh, in many cases, the way we purchase them, they're value add. So there may be, uh, mismanagement issues or potentially ownership issues where, uh, they're absentee, uh, maybe a dissolution of a partnership, but we see opportunities to increase its value by, uh, allowing it to produce better results, uh, whether that's replacing the existing management or increasing the inherent value through rehabs. Multifamily is different from other asset classes such as retail or um, development, uh, industrial. These are all different asset classes. So when somebody talks about investing in real estate, I often wonder whether they're contemplating the nuances between each asset class. Single family is very different than multifamily, which is very different from uh, retail and office, for example. So there are inherent risks that I think are worth evaluating from a passive investor's perspective, uh, dependent upon your own specific priorities. What types of uh, investors do you have you found in your experience are typically a good fit to invest in syndication? That's a great question. So we've We've got new and experienced investors. So everybody from uh, sophisticated bankers who are experienced in um, all sorts of investment classes, but also teachers, firemen, 
uh, police officers. These are our family and friends and then um, people we've been introduced from from there there on. So um, each individual brings to the table what what they have to offer and uh, it's available to anybody and anybody who's uh, capable of investing in these types of assets. If somebody is, you know, out there shopping different, like different, you know, syndicators or different operators, I mean, what are some things that they should consider before they invest? That's that's an excellent question. I think that's probably the most important one for any passive investor. So I think at its core, um, the first thing I might encourage people to to take into account, or at least what I start to take into account, are the fundamentals of the deal, or the way that the operator is looking at the deal is it is it conservative in its assumptions or is it just optically conservative so that might require some homework uh on the passive investor side but to understand really what is driving the value where is that value coming from uh i think that's probably the number one layer i would i would encourage people to to take into account the second and almost more important layer is trusting the operator so to the extent that you have an existing relationship with that operator, uh, I think that helps to offset a lot of the risk. Uh, there's always going to be risks in these deals, but I think at the end of the day, if the operator is putting your interests first, I think that's uh, that's a big separating factor. Hmm. No, I definitely agree with that one. Um, let's go a little bit further into Two by Two Group. I mean, tell us a little bit more about the company. So it's uh, it's founded by me and my partner Marissa Pesh. We've uh, we've worked together in multiple capacities in prior real estate related uh, entities, and uh, we're also life partners as well. And so we've uh, we've taken the the long road to get to where we are. We started out in single family residential. We had acquired a small portfolio of assets. And once that got to a certain point, we realized it wasn't as scalable as what we were hoping to achieve. I think there's a a velocity of capital that isn't um, quite as available in single family. So as we started looking at that, we started to grow and think about acquiring something in in a a slightly larger uh, category. So maybe 15 to 30 units. Maybe we could do it on our own. Maybe we could do it with one or two partners. But as we studied this more and more, started looking at more models um, and started identifying other partners, we realized that the scalability didn't really kick off until we hit that 100 units and above mark. So at that point, we really uh, acknowledged the fact that we needed not only um, good partners that we could trust, but partners that could bring other aspects to the deal that we weren't able to. And that specifically was initially um, track record. And so we've, we interviewed uh, a multitude of potential partners. Um, we went and looked at their assets. We um, discussed in person at conferences and searched high and low and identified, um, you know, a specific partner that we've, we've been working with for a little while who's got a tremendous track record. And through that process, we've been able to acquire our own track record. And um, through that experience, we've been introduced to a number of other partners who've become very trusted. Um, and as a result, we've got multiple sets of eyes uh, looking at these deals and sharpshooting to ensure that, you know, we're safeguarding these with all the belts and suspenders we need. Um, because at the end of the day, the people we serve are our investors and those investors 
um, are people that are close to us, and um, it, we can't succeed unless they're succeeding first. So that's been our journey. And as we continue to grow, we continue to seek, uh, obviously, new investors. We're looking to work with other partners and brokers in uh, primarily Sunbelt states, but we follow deals wherever they may arise. Uh, so we've identified some very successful acquisitions in areas that we hadn't initially contemplated, but the fundamentals work, um, we'll, we'll start to attack it. So we're looking um, to grow from that perspective so long as uh, the people we're, we're working with are, are looking out for each other. Let's go a little bit further into the, um, you mentioned Sunbelt states. Um, let's go a little bit further into geographies maybe that you like to look in or things that are kind of on your radar. Tell us a little bit more about that and maybe your sweet spot in terms whether it's, and I don't know what it is, whether it's size, um, number, number of units, um, type of property. I mean, give us a little bit more of a feel for the types of things you'd like to, you look to invest in. Sure. That's, that's a, that's a great question. So, the states that we tend to flock to are, as I mentioned, Sunbelt states. So that includes Florida, Texas, Alabama, Georgia, uh, Tennessee. They tend to be landlord favorable. Um, obviously, our intent isn't to uh, remove anybody from their current tenancy, but we also need the ability to increase the value and to the extent that there are, um, you know, bad actors within within our asset, we, we need the ability to remove them. So, um, that's probably one of the first um, layers that we look for. But the second is that it has critical environmental factors that help to buttress its performance. So, uh, you know, a good economy, diverse workforce. Um, typically, we, we like population growth. Um, anything that would be local or um, regional that helps to support and spawn more economic growth are big uh, helpful factors. Um, we tend to stay away from rent control areas, although rent control in itself is a little bit of a nuance, so that not all rent control is something that we steer away from. And we typically stick to, as I mentioned, 100 units and greater, but they're all typically workforce housing. So we're looking for B minus C plus assets, and that tends to be somewhat of a net. Um, historically speaking, we've seen that it's fared exceptionally well in its resiliency uh, in the past two recessions, including the one we're going through during COVID. Um, our assets have managed to perform at or above where they were prior. Um, we've obviously had some increase in vacancies, but the collections have maintained themselves very well. So um, anything that can uh, be asymmetric to uh, the market's performance and something that would be resilient to, um, you know, any headwinds that we, in, in, that ensue when we, during the old ownership period, um, those are the things that we look for as standouts. Obviously, there's risks in all of them, but uh, to the extent that we can mitigate them, um, we utilize all the resources at our disposal to ensure that its performance succeeds. That's awesome. Uh, so, Marcus, first off, it has been great having you on the show today. Appreciate you giving us your insight and syndication, um, how it works, also what you're doing over at 2 by 2 Group. I mean, great stuff there. And that being said, if somebody is listening to this and they do want to learn more about uh, 2 by 2 Group, I mean, what's the best way for them to reach out and to connect with you and your team? Uh, we are, Check out our website, 2by2group.com. That's the number two spelled out, T-W-O bytwogroup.com and uh, I'm available 
to discuss. I, I love talking about this and, and love meeting new people. And to the extent that I can um, introduce them to other players that they're seeking to be introduced to, uh, I see myself as, as a connector as well. So I can be reached at Marcus at 2x2group.com. Fantastic. Well, Marcus, again, thank you again for coming on the show. And to the audience, as always, thank you for tuning in. I hope you got a lot of value out of this. Hope you learned a lot. If you did, don't forget, hit that subscribe button. We definitely want you to be a return listener, a return viewer if you're watching this on our YouTube channel. Uh, and Marcus, thanks again for coming on the show. It's been a pleasure. Thanks, Adam. Really appreciate it.